my old man is a bricklayer and legit real story. He used to throw water on me in the morning to help wake me up at like, <laughs> and I just thought, you know what? I can't do this. I've always loved psychology. I've always loved tech and I've always loved sales. We just got to keep in mind all your customers are human beings. Mm. You know, they always will be human beings. Welcome to Add to Cart, the podcast that Express delivers all you need to know in the fast moving world of e commerce. Every month, Nathan Bush from 12 High and an e-commerce industry expert will share the news, research and insights that you need to know to keep you at the top of your game. And of course, keep your customers adding to cart. Hello and welcome to Add to Cart. My name is Nathan Bush, host of Add to Cart and director at e-commerce talent agency eSuite. Can you remember some of the best ideas that you had as a 15-year-old? Most of mine included push bikes, golden I-64 and service station slurpees. I'd like to say sex, drugs and alcohol, but let's be honest, I was never that cool. Today's guest actually had the idea for his business today when he was a 15-year-old on the retail floor selling televisions at The Good Guys. He held on to that idea and it is now known as Prezi, a guided conversion and discovery platform for online retailers. Michael Tutek is the founder and the CEO of Prezi. In today's chat, he tells us the story from how his idea as a 15-year-old turned into a solution used by established retailers, including Baby Bunting, Lorna Jane, Luxury Escapes, Bevels, and Blue Bungalow. He also shares why they have a psychologist on the board who recommended slowing down the experience for customers in order to increase the conversion rate and why he thinks the death of third-party cookies will actually help real personalization. So, thanks to our partners Shopify Plus and Signet, here's our conversation with Michael Tutek from Prezi. Michael Tutek, welcome to Add to Cart. Lovely to touch base, Nathan. Thanks for having me. Mate, last time we saw each other was in Melbourne in February last year. Uh, we had coffee at the hotel where I think it was online retail was uh, yep. before the yep. lockdown kicked in. You're back in lockdown now. Yeah, <laughs> until uh, 11.59 tonight. Oh, my goodness. So they what, tell me. What does the last few hours of lockdown look like to you? Can't even tell the difference. I'm just working. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let us in on the secret. What are you working on? What do you do? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, effectively, Prezi is a Melbourne-based software service startup based around e-commerce retail tech. And what we're all about is, well, we have have a belief system that's all about believing that you can bring that in-store experience online. So effectively, what we do is we we provide businesses the tools and the education they need to bring that in-store experience online. That's our guiding light. That's our North Star to just bring that in-store experience online. Beautiful. And how do you do it? Yeah, sure. So the best way to think about it is is an example. So I'll just use one of our example, one of our clients, Lorna Jane. So normally you'd walk into a Lorna Jane store, and if you know exactly what you want, you walk up to the rack, you pick it up, you you know you check it out, you're fine. But um, if you need a little bit of help, or you you don't you don't really know your size, or you're not familiar with their range, you'd speak to a sales assistant, and they would say, hey, you know, what are you using it for? Is there anything that's important to you? Do you want something like the phone pockets? Is there any specific material? Is there any concerns, etc.? 
So you can imagine in store, that's pretty easy. They can go, okay, based on everything you want, um, we, we suggest you look at this, you know, this one, two or three leggings. But online, like that's really hard. Um, obviously there are filters, but filters are the status quo. No one uses them, especially mm-hmm. on mobile. And even then half the time they don't work and they can't include like sophisticated rules. Like, you know, oh, I said I wanted, you know, navy, but hey, we don't have navy, but black is the next best. They can't do any of that. So effectively, um, that's what we do. You integrate and you plug in our software onto your website and you can, we call them workflows, but to, I guess, simplify them, you know, quizzes and you plug these workflows onto the website and they ask those questions and it uses all the smarts in the back end to recommend products. So literally just like a sales assistant would do in store, but only online. Beautiful. And how'd you come up with the idea? All right. So the, the story goes, Believe it or not, I was working at like 12, 13 years old. My old man is a bricklayer and legit real story. He used to throw water on me in the morning to help wake me up. At like, <laughs> And I just thought, you know what? I just thought I, I can't do this. This old school Croatian mentality. Um, so I said, you know what? 14 years, nine months old, legally allowed to. I got a job with the good guys like sweeping the floors because I'm like, you know, this uh, this means that Tata doesn't wake me up in the morning with water. So I got that job and I was pretty tall for my age. So the the owner, Greg, said, hey, did you want to get sales experience? And I thought, yeah, okay, like, why not? And I've, I've always loved psychology. I've always loved tech and I've always loved sales. And on the sales floor, it was really interesting because I was in a meeting one day and they were talking about the in-store conversion. And they were saying, hey, you know, Last year, last month, our in-store conversion was 30%, 40%. hundred people walk in, 40 walk out with the product. And then I remember reading about their online. And at the time, their online was like 0.7. This is going back many, many years. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, what's the difference? Like, you know, what is the fundamental difference? Like, you're not, you're not getting a fridge and putting it in the back of your car now. So it's not getting it now. Delivery services are so quick. It's not really about you know, having it today. So I I really did a lot of research and effectively found like the biggest difference was that sales assistant. Um, You can call it online personalization, but in reality, it was just, you know, walking in, talking to a sales assistant, helping them help you navigate the range and feeling confident to buy. Hey, you know, I've sold X of these or, you know, this is perfect for you because of X, Y, and Z. And I just thought, like, why doesn't anyone do this online? Like, it just it just baffled me. And I mean, I'm talking, I'm like 16, 17 years old now. And I just thought, like, this is going back then. Like, I must do this one day. Anyway, so um, I, I effectively just started kind of playing with the idea kind of 10 years ago. But, you know, I was in uni. So I finished uni. I became an engineer, saved up every penny I could, and then eventually just launched, launched the concept um, and just said, I, I want to do this idea that I kind of, thought about, you know, many, many years ago to bring that in-store experience online. So tell me about that gap between you've graduated uni as an engineer. What type of engineer? Uh, Electrical and electronic. So like mainly doing power systems or like microprocessors. Unfortunately, not software. Looking back, (laughs) I should have done software engineering, but hey, I was was a bit old school. I did power engineering. Well, it's better than bricklaying. Yeah, yeah. It beats bricklaying for sure. <laughs> um, so then did you work as an engineer before starting up Prezi? 
Yeah, I, I was an engineer and I worked mainly with like the utilities, like SP, Osnet, Electronet, delivering power and power protection systems. Then um did that for a little bit. And then from there, I moved into like basically business development. So I got another job at another company doing like business development, being a sales guy. And then from there, I just, you know, saved up everything I could to tip money into this, lived with mum and dad, saved everything I could and, you know. Brilliant. So it didn't stop worrying in the background even as you were going through uni and you got nah. out of uni as an engineer. Nah, nah, I've actually got a, I've actually got like this book just for memory's sake that's like, I reckon it'll be like 10 centimetres thick of just all these initial wireframes, all these initial concepts. How do you get like an algorithm to work like this that's completely platform agnostic, that's like vertical agnostic? I was doing it all in the background. So then when, when the time came to actually do it, it was like, you know, my scoping document was like 70 pages long and pretty decent. <laughs> I got the end. And the name Prezi, P-R-E-E-Z-I-E, for anyone Googling along at home, where did that come from? It's um, it's pretty pretty simple. Back then or even now, the idea was to, you know, make products easy. So products made easy, Prezi. Beautiful. So, yeah, nothing more to it than that, mate. <laughs> Didn't take 10 centimetres of workbooks to uh, work that one out, did <laughs> nah, it? That, that one was easy. That <laughs> one was easy. Jenny Craig has been helping Australians lose weight since 1983. But did you know that until recently, the website purely served to support customers visit a physical store or call a consultant? Luckily, Jenny Craig partnered with Shopify Plus to launch their new online ordering system, This includes a drag-and-drop meal plan, HubSpot CRM integration, and time-based delivery options for all that cold stuff. They've already achieved a 2.5% conversion rate without any marketing and are now looking to stack on the pounds. I mean, dollars. To read more of Jenny Craig's story and see other case studies, visit the customer section on shopify.com.au forward slash plus. So you've got this idea, you've had your experience on the on the floor in retail, which has set you up really well to kind of test this idea. Where do you start? Initially, we actually, believe it or not, we started as like a B2C model. So the initial uh, first thing I did was create like an iSelect for like appliances because that's where it came from, yeah? So um, we built this website that had all these guided conversion workflows and funnels and we had like affiliate programs with like appliances online and Kogan and all this. And then we met with a really like a bunch of really smart entrepreneurs. And I also met my co-founder Quok. And we kind of said like, this is hard work. Like being a B2C, tip 10 grand into Google ads, you know, some people convert, get a small fee. And, and it wasn't to the core of what I wanted to do. Like it was a marketing business. So we basically said, you know what? We've got this website that's got some smarts. A few retailers even then said, oh, you know, if you ever build this, like I would buy it, but just this guided conversion part, this guided workflows, these quizzes. And I thought, you know what, let's do it. So we built like an MVP, spoke to a few customers. I remember trying to sell to customers with like video demos, you know, (laughs) like just build a video, don't even have a real software. So yeah, we just kind of scoped it. So the, the, the channel was really a B2C, I select for appliances who morphed into 
a software as a service to provide that to retailers. Awesome. Awesome. And was there a conversation in those early stages that got you really excited that went, there's something really in this? Yeah, yeah. Because to be completely straight, like me, myself, Quark, you know, we're, we're not heavy hitters. We're not, you know, catch. So, you know, it, it was hard getting like people to talk to us. But the thing was, the thing that we found interesting is the few people like ex-entrepreneurs and even retailers that gave us time, they were all like, not one of them dismissed the idea. They've all gone, hey, like, I get it. This makes sense. I would definitely look at at least trialing this or giving it a shot. And we just thought like, you know, you know, like we're, we're, we're tough cookies. You have to be to run a startup and real, real advice and real feedback. If something's rubbish, like shit, just let us know. Fine. Great. Otherwise, I'm never going to learn and get better. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we're, we're getting, in my opinion, really honest feedback, but it was all, you know, relatively positive. So like we got kind of pumped because, you know, when you talk to 10 or 15 people and 14 or 13 of them go like, this is actually great. Like you could be onto something and I can't find anything similar. That got us pretty pumped. And that's when we just went like, you know, Kwok the the other co-founder of Prezi, he actually tipped in some money. We built the software and we just went, that's when we actually quit our jobs, went in it full time, not a single customer, not a single dollar of revenue. So we were pretty excited at that point. That's awesome. And things have obviously changed a lot for you now. Looking at some of your clients that you've got listed on the website, you've got people like Luxury Escapes, Lorna Jane, who you mentioned before, Bevel's Jewelry, Blue Bungalow, some really good heavy hitters and people who know their stuff in in retail and e-commerce. Can you give us some example? Talk us through from a customer perspective, the best use case that you've seen from one of your clients in personalizing that journey. Yeah, so I mean, there's a few. Some, some, I'll give you a few use cases, a few other examples as well. So we're working with both Baby Bunting and Guitar Center in America. So I'll go Guitar Center in America. I mean, these guys have like 600 stores. They, they're they huge online. I think they're the second biggest music retailer on the planet. So the way to think about it is if you've got a product, even like Bevel's Jewelry with Jewelry, Baby Bunting Car Seat, Sauna Jane with Functional Clothing. If you've got a product that requires like some consideration, that's a really great use case. So I'll give you another example. One of our customers, Nick's Wines, yeah? Now, if you look at a bottle of wine, and I actually approached Nick's because I went to my mom's house and I'm not a connoisseur of wine. Like I like it, yeah? Who doesn't like wine? But I don't <laughs> know what things are. So, you know, I drank it. It smelt really heavy. I saw that it was red, you know, she eats a lot of fish and I was like, cool, Mother's Day, I want to buy you a bottle of wine. Thinking about that, you can't go on their website and understand like, what is a Shiraz? Is that heavy? Is that medium? Is that light? Does it pair well with fish? Hey, I'm a startup. So give me like a a bottle from 15 to 25 and mum likes supporting locals. So give me something local. So the best way to think about application, the best applications are ones that have some form of consideration, like baby bunting, you know, car seats, prams. You think about that before you buy it. If you're looking at, hey, here's a blue pen, here's a here's a red pen or a black pen, there's very little consideration. But, you know, things like jewelry, you know, colors, sizes, even, for example, we work with curvy bras and they obviously have heaps of different sizes. Something like 80% of women don't wear, the, don't wear the right bra size. How do you know? You know, without putting it on, I'm a, I'm a 14F. It's tied around the, as the straps. What is my right size? Hmm. So think about it like when you've got that consideration 
set and that consideration phase. That's where we're just prime. And then obviously you need more than just a few products. So if you're a consideration and you've got five products, like it's, it can still work, but like it's not as, it's not as good. But you know, choice paralysis like starts to set in at 24. Anything more than 24, 25 products, you start to get confused. So really consideration and a reasonable range and we're plum. Beautiful. And I can imagine too that it would be a beautiful addition where sites have a high acquisition cost for first-time customers. Yeah. Because you see a lot of lot of sites paying a lot to get customers there, but then customers just getting overwhelmed or confused once they reach a site for the first time. Yeah, you're bang on. So I can't mention which client yet, but one of the customers are working on it doing some pretty intense like A-B testing. And from there, we've actually found that the system performs well and better in general but they've got a metric called new customer rate. And Prezi is converting new customers at twice to three times the level of not Prezi. So let's pretend that 15% of your audience is new customers. People who use Prezi are converting at double that rate if they're new customers. So we are definitely seeing that, you know, existing customers do like it, but ultimately if you're, if you're a super experienced, you know, guitar player, you know, hey, I just want the Les Paul in this color. Sweet. Prezi can't provide as much value. But if you go in looking for a gift or you don't know what you want, then then there's just a tremendous amount of value there. And we are seeing that for sure. And, and do you find that retailers are using Prezi just as part of the site flow or are they creating specific landing pages to point new customers or specific email lists towards? A bit of everything. So, You can obviously embed it directly in the site on homepage, on collections pages. We do have quite a few customers that have landing pages. For example, Miss Amara, who do rugs, they've created this whole persona and narrative, which is great, called Clio. And they can shoot ads to a direct page that's Clio. Talks all about their virtual stylist, Clio. Clio will help you this. Clio can recommend this. And you can shoot ads to that. And then further to that, a lot of the, a lot of the behavioral psychology that we work on to basically implement in the software dictates what we do. So for example, I think you had um, the Oz here and beauty guys on and they use it for exit intent. So think about it. You go on a page and there's like 2000 shampoos or a hundred whatever creams and you go, this is just too hard. When you go to leave, it goes, hey, I've identified you as someone who's about to leave. If you're leaving because you need help, engage with us, we'll help you. So there are a lot of different ways to use it. But um, yeah, people definitely do create landing pages because then they put it in like their menu links as like for example the bed finder you know what i mean mm. things like that yeah well it was anthony at oz hair and beauty who reminded me of what you guys are doing and reminded me of our conversation and i thought his use of it as an exit page strategy was really clever as well because i've seen it in home pages and splash pages but never seen it as an exit page so it was, it was nice to see it in a new form initially when we did the exit intents what we found was people that or end user customers that um, engage with the exit intents converted higher. And mm. we thought, wait a minute, that's that's crazy. These are low intents because some, sometimes people go, oh, you plug it in a page and they go, oh, people with high intent use this. So then you go, okay, fair enough. Let's plug it in an exit intent. And then you go, okay, that's definitely not high intent because you're popping up with people when they're about to leave. And what we found was the exit intents average across all our customers convert higher than just plugging it in directly to a page. They obviously get used less, but they convert higher. And then we 
we've got a behavioral specialist, a psychologist who's a part of our board. And I took it to him and I said, Chris, what, what's going on? Like, yeah, you know, we always wanted to try this feature. You know, it's performing great, which is awesome. But like, what's the science behind this? And we did a lot of research and I basically found that, well, you're targeting people when they're confused. So, hey, like he was like, this makes perfect sense. Think about it like this. You walk into a store, let's go to the good guys at JB Hi-Fi. You look at 100 TVs, you walk one to the other, and then you turn around and you go, ah, I'm out of here. <laughs> then the sales assistant comes in and goes, hey, did you need help? I'll service you, I'll help you. You know, it makes perfect sense. So it, it was super interesting to kind of see that unfold, to be, to be completely frank. It, it, was a, it was a really pleasant surprise. Can you tell us more around Chris, the psychologist who's on your board? Tell us about how you made your board up because that's really fascinating because I've noticed on your socials and and on Prezi that you are constantly sharing psychology tricks around e-commerce, which is fantastic, like things like the choice paralysis, decoy pricing, the endowment effect. It feels like Chris, the psychologist is what I'm going to call him. He has a really key role to play in what you guys are building. Yeah, he does. Yeah, so recently, like, we raised some capital and we put together a board kind of late last year. It's got some really heavy hitters on it, like Mark Goddard, who used to be CEO of Spotlight and Target, among a few others. But Chris Chris is a really important part because everything that we do, we try and back up through science. So, like, there, there are a few different angles. Like, you can do things based on data, just statistical, you know, data, which is great. But then... You go about it and you go, all right, like when I'm mud mapping what to do and I'm looking at in-store versus online, like how do I figure out what to build? We've got five developers full-time. That's a lot of features you can build. How do I go about that? And a lot of that is, you know, stemmed through just looking at the in-store, but then talking to Chris going, hey, does this make sense? And what he does is he brings a level of consumer behavioral expertise to it. So and a, a simple one like the narrative, yeah? Human beings, and this is not anything new, but human beings love storytelling. Every human being loves storytelling. We're actually about to release um, like a PDF on all this stuff. Cool. There was this, these psychologists that bought like 130 bucks worth of junk and they created stories around it and they sold it on Marketplace and they made like a few grand extra. So looking at all that on your own business, on your own website, what's the story? What's the narrative? You know, things like, endowment and choice paralysis, why are you showing people 20,000 products? If you have a range of 10,000, great, but like do some personalization, figure out the top couple because, you know, there's a lot of studies done with the jams and all that that Mm. talks about like showing people, you know, too much. They just get confused. So everything we do has a level of that. Like, for example, there is one called um, perceived effort. So, for, for yourself, for anyone that uses Prezi on one of our customers' websites, you'll notice when you press get results, there is a loading GIF. And it says like analyzing your data. Now, we do a lot of smarts in that process, but it's very fast. So only a couple hundred milliseconds. But we came up and spoke to Chris and Chris said, listen, there's a thing called perceived effort or heuristic effort. What it means is if a customer tells you a little bit about themselves or puts effort into your system, if you show them results too quickly, like instantaneously, they subconsciously will not feel like you have actually taken into consideration their inputs. Mm. And I said, you're kidding. People want quick. 
People want quick for load speed, but you haven't engaged. When you engage, people want to know that you've done something smart and you've considered it. So what we did is we integrated an artificial delay, configurable, and we put in a loading GIF that actually tells the customer what it's doing, like cross-referencing your results, putting some product recommendations together, and engagement, click-through rates, conversions all went up after. And it's just, it's really crazy because, you know, sometimes when we like in- interview UX experts, we say to them, what's better, a loading GIF of 500 milliseconds or a loading GIF at four seconds? And they all say, well, most of them say, you know, 500 milliseconds, but from an actual conversion and data point of view, yeah, it actually doesn't. And a good way to think about this is when you go onto like a website and you like, let's go flights or hotels do it. You put in a bunch of stuff and it's loading, loading, loading. No one goes in there and goes, oh, nothing's happening. Everyone's like, mm. something's happening. They're churning through data. They're, they're, they're thinking about what I'm doing. It's the same thing. So that, that's just a, a really interesting example. So yeah, this Chris, the psychologist, as he called <laughs> We, we, um, we really utilize these skills because to be honest, every other industry does it, especially telcos and e-commerce just doesn't even touch on it. To be honest, like most e-commerce providers, some would, you know, some really sophisticated ones would, but mm. you know, it, it, there's a lot of power in this. There's so much there, right? Around one, yeah. having a psychology lens in your business, but I just love the, the fact that you've got something loading longer than what is necessary to kind of tricks a bad word, but to convince customers there's a lot more intelligence and a lot more personalization happening for them than there really is. Yeah, exactly. I think part of it is, you know, we, we just got to keep in mind all your customers are human beings. Hmm. You know, they always will be human beings. So, you know, thinking about it like a human, you know, most people buying off you aren't familiar with Elasticsearch. They don't understand or, you know, probably unlikely to know that, hey, you can cross-reference 7,000 products all with 16 different variables and a bunch of Lucene real rules in the space of 300 milliseconds. It's, it's like, it's not natural. Like our brains can't do it that fast. It's typically not natural to think anything can. Mm-hmm. So, you know... It's not. It's it's really just about articulating what we're doing, and if you have a bit of words, you have you need a couple seconds to read them, and then people go, oh, "Okay, cool, I understand what you're doing," and it makes sense. So it's it's really it's really it's really interesting. Can you tell us more around the data that's required for you to surface results? Because we touched on it before. Is that filters and sorting on on website is usually broken to some level Mm. and from what i've seen it's not normally because of the platform or the technology it's because of the data attached to the product set yeah yeah what kind of data do you need in order to surface relevant results so this is the cool part we've got customers believe it or not and all they give us is the bare minimum like url image price sku in stock and description so, for example, we've got one customer that we troll into the descriptions and we basically create a bunch of rules based on descriptions. So we don't need much data. Like we're, we're actually launching um, a new business soon and it's literally just descriptions. So if you think about a description, the whole point of a description is to describe quickly and easily what the product is. So a quick example, let's go you're talking gift baskets or toys. If you're doing toys, if it's a kid's toy, it will probably use the word kids, child, 
maybe age one, two, three, four plus. And most filters, they can't, they can't clean that, but our system has the ability to clean a lot of that. So like we can actually create a rule that says, all right, look for these terms, but not this and or this. And then you go, all right, the rule is actually look for the word child, but not the word adult, not the word, you know, sexy because they've got like sexy toys or sexy card games and, you know, this. And then all of a sudden you go, wow, that's super accurate. So we don't need much. But having said that, if you do have clean data and like, for example, you have clean tags, like it means the configuration is easier for sure. But we don't need clean data and we've got several customers who don't. So we, we specifically spend a lot of time making sure that we could work with customers because it's unlikely a lot of customers have clean data, especially in like an accessible format. But um, we've kind of covered that, ticked that box off. Yeah, nice, nice. It's a, it takes a big barrier down to get started. Yeah, for sure. What kind of e-commerce platforms are you integrated in? What does it look like to onboard Prezi into that experience? All right, so you start with us. Our onboarding process is usually one to three weeks. So I will KB with people look at these, they look at, you know, Lorna Jane or Bevels, Ben Bunting, Blue Bungalow, Oz here, and they go, this, this is going to take me forever. The idea is it's not, it's all light touch. So there is no coding or development required. So the process goes like this. Let's just go Shopify. We get your Shopify app. You make a private app. We get your API. We bring in all your product inventory. All your product data is in in the space of five five seconds. If you're Magento, it can be a CSV feed, JSON feed, whatever. So then from there, we then create the Q&A. So the questions and answers is literally just like, think about it like a Q&A sheet. You, you know, you write in the Q&A, we create some logic um, and then we add on some icons and images. We design it and it's all configurable. So like if you want to make changes, you want to change copy, you want to change text, create new rules, make new Q&A, even completely refine the whole design. It's all configurable, no development. Then when you want to go live, all you do in our system is you go into a place that's got like the code and you copy the code, literally control C, control V into your website. So the only development required, I wouldn't even call it development, but the only development that is required is copying and pasting our JavaScript code snippets into your site. And that's it. It's all done. And for most platforms like BigCommerce, Shopify, Magento, like we've got quick quick start guides and, you know, 70% of the time developers aren't even involved. It's like the marketing manager or it's mm-hmm. the owner. It's only when you want to do some really complex stuff that you actually need a developer. So hence the whole process can take one to three weeks. Like it's not, like to be honest, we got a customer live last week that took them, I think a day or two. Yeah, right. Like actually yeah, right. a day or two and they had like nine workflows because it, it does like a knife finder. Oh, okay. I could imagine the... um a big part of the process would be understanding the possibilities and working through all the scenarios because you could you put a tool like this in front of someone and you could think of a thousand use cases straight away and you go well where do we start with one or two yeah yeah yeah, yeah no you're right like even um quite a few brands like like Kirby is a great example they have it for helping you find the right bra size and also bra in one but if you find the right bra you're on a triumph xyz like you don't want to detach from that. So then it's just the sizing finder and then all kinds of different different categories. So yeah, the, the process there is pretty straight, um, Nathan. We just look at their categories and we go, listen, if you've got 10 or 15 categories, it's pretty common 
than most brands, like, you know, a handful, two, three, four, you know, are responsible for most of the revenue. And like you start there. Or if you know that you've got a real big pain point, like, for example, let's go, you go, oh, for whatever reason, you know, we have a return rate of 20% on tops. And you go, cool, that's costing you a hundred grand a month. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big problem. Sweet. You know what? Let's start with tops. Because, you know, this will reduce that return rate because we can help them find the right size, et cetera. So, yeah, you're right. There is a, there is so many use cases, but you, it all comes back down to like the value. You know, where is your revenue coming from? Where are your pain points? You know, focus there, start there and, you know, work your way down. Don't get too tricky. Bite off the big chunks first and then, yeah. and then work your way through. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's very rare that a customer would go live with more than, four or five workflows. Like it does happen. But um, now we've got clients like um, like Sportitude, Rumen at Sportitude. He has like 25 or 30 workflows. But you just, you don't start there because it's, it's a progression. And the experience, is it different on mobile as it is desktop? Because I could imagine with something like yours is that using a mouse to go through, because it's visual as well, isn't it? So it's all very yeah. visual. It would be different experience to using your thumb and scrolling and swiping. Yeah, it is, but it's not not really to be completely straight. Like we are mobile first. You know, most of our revenue comes from mobile. I think on average our clients is sixty to seventy percent of the traffic is mobile. So everything we do is mobile first. And what what I found interesting is our uplift in conversion rate is higher on mobile than it is in desktop. So everybody knows like desktop's usually sixty percent more in general. So let's go. You got customer A. Conversion rate on desktop is 2%. Conversion rate on mobile is 1.5. Or what, let's go one for argument's sake. You know, Prezi's increase on mobile might be three or four, and then desktop might be two or three. So there is always an increase, but we've noticed a larger increase on mobile. And I, I reckon that's because obviously mobile, you have physically less room to look at. Filters and navigation is way harder on mobile. But the reality is the actual experience is the same. Like mm-hmm. it obviously mm-hmm. takes up more room. And we often we often make it smaller on mobile. So we make it like we can make it big on desktop and small on mobile. So it takes up less vertical space because that's obviously critical. But there's a lot of little things we've done on mobile. For example, like, you know, it auto scrolls you to the top. So when you click next, you don't have to scroll back up. We can have like floating buttons so you don't have to move. Like you can literally just go click next, click next. But, but yeah, the reality is the experience is very similar. Like, you just, you just kind of make it smaller physically for mobile and that's it. Life is like a box of chocolates. Try not to get squished. This was vitally important for boutique chocolatier, Little Coco, who were using polystyrene boxes with frozen gel packs to make sure their amazing products arrived in tip-top shape. But when Signet introduced them to their own foil insulated mailer, they bounced on over reducing their packaging costs by 50% and maintaining 100% non-squashed chocolate customer satisfaction. That's very smooth. Visit signet.net.au forward slash blog to find out more. Last thing on the the workings of it, pricing-wise, what kind of entry points are we talking about there and then how does it increase? Yeah, yeah, cool. So our pricing starts at 600 a month. That's Australian. And it really just goes up based on usage. So typically, you know, the more traffic your website gets, the more people that engage and use us, the more, the larger percent of your revenue 
that you know is converting higher. So there's more value. So the more usage, the more it costs, and it's really it's really based on like traffic. So we've got enough examples now to go. All right, where do you want to place it? And then we can just do like an, an assumption on how many people will use it. Yeah, and it goes up starting at six hundred a month. Nice. As you mentioned before, you got some uh, investment last year. I think it was about 700K, which is fantastic. And it shows the confidence that some smart people have in, in what you're doing. <laughs> what are the plans? Where, where, where's your focus area for Prezi and moving it forward? Yeah, so the focus for us, I mean, from a product standpoint, we've, we've just employed new new tech or two new tech resources, taking another one. And we're going really deep into the psychology and more into bringing the in-store experience online. Some of the features we're working on now are like visual merchandising, being able to like you know run the whole product page and also have all these smarts, connect that with workflows, upgrading our analytics. So for example, what's really interesting, Nathan, is imagine, you know, right now brands use what's been purchased as an indication of what the market wants. But a really famous quote, I don't know, I don't remember the quote verbatim, but the owner of Zara had a famous quote that he said, we don't, we don't get what, what was bought and provide that to the market. We figure out what the market wants now and we make sure that's in the shop in four weeks. That's why he like grew so big. So one of the projects we're doing is we're going to soon have the ability that someone who uses the workflow Let's just call it um, Bevel's Jewelry. Hey, this is what I, you know, this is um, a watch that I want. It's men's, it's not divers. I like these colors. This is my style, etc. I was recommended these watches. I physically clicked these watches, but I ended up purchasing this. And what you can do is imagine having 10, 20,000 transactions all the way from asking them what they wanted to seeing what they purchased. Then we'll be using that in our own machine learning the client can export it and use it in their own machine learning. And what, what's really interesting about that is you start to really pick up on perception versus reality. So for example, we ran a test with one of our clients and one of the questions was, is you know eco-friendly or is it important that this is sustainably sourced? And if you go yes, no, like a huge percentage of people click yes. It's, it, it actually broke my heart a little bit, to be honest, because I went, you know, 70% click yes, that's awesome. But then we changed the question and we said, what is important to you? And we had like six options. And one of them was eco-friendly or sustainably sourced. And only 4% of the people click that. So the reality is when you ask them the direct question, yeah, they all say yes. But when you put that in front of other components, it's nowhere near as important. And that broke my heart because like I'm, I'm all for climate change and all that. So, but I just thought, geez, that's interesting. So to be able to link that all to what they purchased, like imagine we found out that, hey, for that 4% of people that actually did click eco-friendly, that they were very, they had a 20% conversion rate on products that had eco-friendly in the name. Then it's like, whoa. And then I could do some really intense stuff here. Like, even we've got a, a company that's changing product names. Like they're actually changing product names based on what they learn. So a, a huge analytics upgrade and then really just building it all together, like um, having like product recommendations, personalized banner ads or personalized banners with our personalization blurbs and then building like this entire in-store conversion platform that, you know, you can use in different parts of your site. Brilliant. And does the crackdown on cookies and user 
security and privacy, if more walls go up there, does that impact you at all? I'm not an expert in this, but I have done a bit of research. From what I can see, it will positively impact us. Like I said, I'm not an expert, but like third, there's a difference between third-party data and first-party data. When you're using Prezi on a domain, that company owns that data. So one of the things we hope to do in the future is, you know, I mean, I'm talking a couple of years in the future, but customers be able to have their own Prezi accounts and like you could log up, have a Prezi account, answer a bunch of questions, and then it could say, okay, this is what I know about you. These 400 websites are partnered with Prezi. And then all the personalization is actually done, but the customer knows you have that data, you can delete that data. So ultimately, all of our stuff is on the website. Like you plug our code in, it runs in. You physically put in, if there's lead forms, like we can have lead forms, you physically put in those lead forms with checkboxes and the customer, whoever that is, you know, Bevels or whoever, can actually own that data. So it's not like you're going into Facebook and you're just grabbing all this cookie data or you're unintentionally getting info. So from like we've had one or two companies who have gone, oh, we're, they, they're starting to talk to us more because they're worried about like Facebook and all this stuff. And they've gone, well, if you're first party, then that just that's completely different. So the personalization could be more just, you know, first party, just getting the actual info. I guess the trick is showing consumers that they can trust that you hold their data securely. You don't use it in the wrong ways, which we never would. But yeah, that, that's that's from what I understand. But you know, I'm, I'm not a super expert in this stuff. Yeah, and do you? It makes sense. Do you have customers who have Prezi implemented on the front end, and then use that data? So whether a customer might say, "Hey, I like red shoes," or "I care about climate change," or whatever it is, and pull that data back into their customer data platform or their CRM. Yeah, yeah, we do. So we've got. There's two different ways to do this. If someone does Prezi workflow, you can actually capture their emails. So then you can actually go, hey, this person wanted red shoes, cares about climate change, is this, is this, and the email of this person is X, Y, Z, so you can target them specifically and you can get that data and push it into your platform, into your system. So like we're, we're, we're basically finishing up like our Zapier application because I won't lie, everyone's been screaming at us for like Clavio API, build it, build it. And I've just gone, okay, we'll do a Zapier one because that's <laughs> nice and simple and everyone can use it. So yeah, it's be- it's becoming more of a thing. Like in the last six months, more customers are wanting to capture this data, import into Clavio, and then do their personalization emails, whatnot from there. Like imagine, for example, it's like, you know, you can see from Prezi, this is product recommendation one, two, and three. You know, they like all this. You know, if they don't buy within the day, hey, this was your number one recommended product. Here's 10% off. Okay, no. Then a week later, like this was your second most recommended. No, okay, we know you like all this and we recommend this. Like you can go pretty deep with it if you want. Yep, absolutely. that's pretty exciting. We have to wrap up, but Michael, if I was to say to you, who is your dream client to get on board with Prezi, who would you say? All right, so globally, it's got to be like Amazon or Walmart. Like these, these are the, these are all like the gap worldwide. That would have to be that. But in Australia, it'd be like your, your biggest players, which we're um, not in yet, like JB Hi-Fi, Good Guys, Kogan's, Temple and Webster's, all those big players. Because they're just, they're just so big. like, And, and the application's so, so good. 
And the good guys make sense, right? Imagine the closing, the loop of that story from where you started oh, on the I sales know. floor as a 15-year-old and then all of a sudden you've sold in their technology and helping them shift millions online. I know, I know. So if you know anyone of the good guys, I'll take it. I'd love <laughs> oh. to close that story. Mate, All the, their whole team listens to this podcast. It's a given. Oh, perfect. <laughs> re- now, re- reach out, reach out. Now, um, we do, you have given our listeners a special code if they are looking to get started um, with Prezi, and that is all in the email. If you don't get the email, reach out to myself or go straight to you, Michael, and mention that you've heard us on Add to Cart. What's the best way to get in touch with you or to get started with Prezi? Yeah, so um, you can just reach out to me on LinkedIn or email. Email's easy, michael.tutek at prezi.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's the, it's the easiest ways. Beautiful. Thank you, Michael. Really appreciate it. And I think it's really exciting what you're building there. It's a gap that hasn't been filled yet. And um, if anyone wants to use it, go onto the site, check out some of the clients that they're working with and actually go in and have a play and use some of the workflows that are live um, and you get an idea for it really quickly thank you michael thanks nathan really appreciate it did anyone else geek out on some of that consumer psychology that michael spoke to in there i loved what michael was saying about their effort heuristic prezi found that conversion actually increased when it took more time to deliver results for a customer especially when they could see that there were lots of calculations being done to deliver them the best results. This actually converted better than showing the results immediately. It's also known as the IKEA effect, and that's where customers place a disproportionately high value on products that they've partially created. Of course, that value decreases when you throw a screwdriver through the shelves in frustration, but you can see how demonstrating effort on your behalf and drawing consumers into that effort can create a connection that increases perceived value and the likelihood of conversion. To finish up, I have three resources for you. Firstly, if you're a first-time listener of Add to Cart and you want to stay up to date with new episodes, head over to addtocart.com.au and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. We'll let you know every time a new episode drops, as well as giving you my three takeaways from each episode and a link to the transcripts so you can know that this is an episode that you want to dive straight into. Secondly, if you want a weekly roundup of the best e-commerce case studies, tools, and research, sign up to the High Five Friday newsletter, which is delivered to inboxes at 8 a.m. every Friday morning. I read all the e-commerce news and send you the bits that I think you can take action from. Sign up at 12high12high.com.au forward slash high five. And the last thing, if you are looking to explore your next e-commerce opportunity, head over to esuitetalent.com.au. We are a dedicated e-commerce talent agency connecting the best e-commerce talent with the fastest growing brands. Check it out, sign up to the email and get in touch with me if you want to discuss your next move. Until next time, thanks for listening and keep those customers adding to cart.